Montgomery County, Maryland is where businesses go to be next. Home to a highly skilled, diverse workforce, a thriving business community, competitive incentives, and more. MoCo will help transform your business. Visit bnext.thinkmoco.com to see how we can help you be next. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello everybody and welcome back. Thank you very much for joining me. My name is Deborah Hatswell and you're listening to BBR Investigations. Before I start tonight's show, I wanted to take a minute to update you on the problems I'm having with YouTube. Due to the supposed sensitive content on my channel, I've been suspended from monetizing for 30 days. This won't affect the content we make or our weekly shows on YouTube. It just means BBR will not earn any money for around about six weeks. I presume this is to make it hard for myself and the hundreds of other channels that were censored last week by AdSense. BBR will continue to bring you fantastic content each week and it will be scheduled as normal. I'd like to thank everyone who's reached out to me and shared just how much this channel means to them. This is the whole reason we're here each week. And if you wish to chat with me, other members or witnesses, tune into our Saturday evening show on YouTube where there's a chat option available. With that said, let's get on with tonight's show. Each week when I end our podcast, I usually ask if any of my listeners have a subject or an area or a case that they'd like me to feature. This week, I'm sharing reports from the River Tay as our listener Patricia contacted me via Facebook we will visit Patricia's hometown in Dundee. Now the reports of wild men and fantastic beasts in the area go far back, as far back as the 6th century, when Scotland was known as Caledonia. Home to Kelpies and Brownies, the Fays, Badocks and the Pictish Beast. Scotland has no shortage of legendary creatures. Now tonight, in our first report, we are going to go back as far as we can in written language. Lost in the archives of time is the written history of Caledonia. Today, we are fortunate enough that if a man with an interest in the subjects of Bigfoot, legends or mythology, he can just go online and find everything he needs to know. Back in history, it was a very different matter entirely. Most law was passed down by mouth or by stories, tales. Only the very rich or great scholars kept written journals. Some legends are so old, they come long before our written language. Luckily for me, a gentleman who follows the subject found a very rare account of wild, hairy men from Scotland. And Scotland's the name we know it as now, but back when all this took place, it was known as Caledonia. The gentleman passed the information on to Bigfoot Tony, 
and he kindly sent it along to BBR so we could share it with you guys. And this is what the witness said as he wrote into Tony. I found an account of a Sasquatch Bigfoot type creature in an old history book that was printed in 1879 and the book's called The History of Ancient Caledonia by John McLaren. If you read pages 29 and 30, there is mention of an ancient tribe of monkey men who chased the Gauls from the area. And here's an excerpt from that text. Now the grandson of McIntyre, who rebelled in Gaul and broke off from Lazarus and Daniel, went to burn him, being there oppressed with satyrs or man monkeys of a prodigious size. They were forced to leave that place and come to St. Lawrence of Dundee for protection. This race of man monkeys lived chiefly on fish. They had no language, but seemed to understand each other by fearful screaming and roaring. They were very mischievous to cattle and the inhabitants became afraid of them. There was nothing that frightened them except fire. And when the inhabitants heard them nearby, they would set fire to the heath to frighten them away. Through the course of time, however, they wore back to the forest. And when they became familiar with the human species, it was dangerous for the women to go out alone. Daniel, the ruler on seeing this, appointed certain days in the week for young men to go out with their bows and arrows and hunt the satyrs down. And they soon got the mastery over them. There was also the wild boar, which was very disgusting to the people. The custom was that if a man went on a pilgrimage and he happened to meet a satyrus or a wild boar or any unclean beast, he had to return and commence his journey afresh. Their pilgrimage was for many years to the hill of God, now called Dundee. At this place, all three clans met and all grievances were settled before any sacrifice was offered. The particular spot on the hill was called the Clachan, which means stone. And the reason for this was that every clan placed a large stone there for their chiefs to lean against. I must say the stacking of stones is one of the things we find when investigating Bigfoot. Many investigators and researchers find cairns that would suggest some woodlands may still hold the odd clan or two, still hunting along the Tay. The River Tay is the longest river in Scotland and the seventh longest in Great Britain. The Tay originates in Western Scotland on the slopes of Benlua and it flows easterly across the highlands through Loch Dochart, Loch Tay and then continues east through Strathay in the centre of Scotland and then it goes southeasterly through Perth where it becomes tidal and it goes to its mouth at the Firth of Tay, south of Dundee. So it would seem that more than the big grey man walks the woodlands here the woods of Weem lie in the northwest of Aberfeldy in Persia and are known in the UK as the ancient woodlands of Weem. Perhaps due to its prehistoric beginnings, the wood has numerous legends and supernatural stories associated with it. The name Weem was developed from Scottish Gaelic and it means cave or home. In addition to the ancient woods, there are also several prehistoric stones with cup and ring marks upon them. And cup and ring marks uh, a form of prehistoric art they say that they are um, and they're found on the normally on the Atlantic seaboard so Europe 
Ireland, Wales, you know, England, Scotland. Some theories suggest that the cup and ring marks were carved in order to catch blood from the many sacrifices made, while others say it was simply to catch water. Because if you look at the rings, they don't seem to suggest that there was any blood ever collected within them. But who am I to know? To go back uh, many, many times around the sun to find the answer to that one. Now, many people believe that the cup and rings display an almost symbol of them, kind of like time, life, death, um, the continuous circle of life. And some of the most prolific stories about Weemwoods are about demons that inhabit the area. These demons are believed to lurk in the many caves and crags scattered through the woodland. Walkers and hikers have reported feeling a powerful presence and a sense of unease that intensifies the deeper that they travel into the woods. The shapes seemed to be shadows that almost melt into the background of the trees. Other witnesses report an overwhelming feeling of not only being watched, but of being followed. The woods also have a reputation as the home for the seed or the fairy folk and other nature spirits. Human apparitions have also been seen, but who these people are or what historical time they come from is unknown. Whether these sightings and sensations are the work of demons or other forms of entity, no one can say. Nevertheless, the ancient legends and stories of the woods are still causing a few hearts to beat, even today. Let's go east to the mouth of the Tay and work our way along the river that is the lifeblood of humans and animals alike. And as we follow the flow of the Tay, we'll come across many wildman reports, some as old as time and some very recent. I hope you enjoy them. A Bigfoot-type creature is seen on the Arbroath Road. This came in from a witness and they said, I'm from Dundee and I wanted to report something I saw a good while ago. Back when this happened, I was in my 20s, maybe a little younger. And back then, I had no idea what it was. But now, I would say, I saw a Bigfoot face to face. I feel like a nutter saying this to you. And I've already reached out to two other paranormal researchers previously. They didn't want to know. No one seems to care really or take me seriously. The very first experience happened back in around about 2018. I've just seen you, Deb, on a mini dock, and I thought you might be able to understand what I saw that day. I have to say something. I'm 100% being real, and it's important to me that you know that. I'm so convinced what I saw was a Bigfoot-type creature. I've even tried some investigations myself. I'll be honest, the first few times I went out looking, I was really scared. And back then, I'd already had one encounter, which scared the kind of back out of me. But it does get easier the more you go out. And since then, I've seen a few other weird things in the same area I saw the creature. There's not really anywhere you can study up on information here in the UK other than watching a few documentaries on YouTube. He said that helped him pinpoint the type of creature that he saw, like what he was looking for. And then he said, I'm convinced that what I saw was Bigfoot. It had a pale colour and it was whitish with maybe a bit of grey mixed into the light coloured hair. It had reddish eyes. Well, I thought they were red. My girlfriend who was with me at the time thought it had more of an orange eye. It was huge in size, tall and broad 
and definitely not human because it was in clear view, sitting half on a path and half in the bushes by a creek at 2, 3am in the morning and the weather was ice cold. Whatever it was, when it stood up to its full height, it was like a giant with huge long arms. Me and my ex-girlfriend ran off and it's been bugging me what I saw ever since. The weird thing is, a few years later, I saw a report in the paper about a guy across Tayport close to the Tay said he'd seen something like leftovers or the DMV or house cleaning Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. We're prohibited by law. T plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Leftovers. Or. Chumba. The DMV. Number 97. Or. Chumba. House cleaning. Or. Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. Chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This creature. And he described the same thing I saw. Plus I've heard the tales of the big grey man up in the Cairngorm. But how do you tell people now? That that's what you saw. Nobody's going to believe you, and up to now, nobody has believed me. I had to share with you because I knew you'd understand. I could tell that you'd seen him, or them, when you were speaking. I've also heard growling too over the years, like what you mentioned. So that's what happened to me. He said, It's hard saying all this to you, but I think it's important to pass this information on. Maybe this is why people go missing and are never found. In my case, I feel blessed to have seen what I saw. It must have been around Christmas time, approximately 13 years ago, so 2009. I was at my girlfriend's house and a friend was about to walk home really late on her own. I didn't feel comfortable with that. There's some really dark lanes around here. So I offered to walk down a bit with the way. She was younger, you know. It's quite a way to get to her house. And the area is a bit dodgy at night. So I thought it best if we all went together. My ex said she'd come with us. So that's what we did. We all set off. It was really cold as we cut through the area. We got to her house safely. So me and my girlfriend walked back. And as we reached the area where you come to a bridge that sits over the stream, we walked across the bridge, turned the corner, and there was something there something or someone. We could see him sitting half in a bush and half on the path like he was resting. It was icy frozen. The ground was frozen and it was probably two or three in the morning. So I couldn't understand what we were looking at. 
we both looked at each other and said, what the, did you see that? Whatever it was that was sitting there, then stood up and it was huge. It was a thing and it was looking at us very closely. The way it was standing was weird. Its arms were long and dangling down and they were thick with big muscles. It was an ape-like thing. The way I would describe it is it looked like Arnold Schwarzenegger wearing a furry white rug and it was bigger than the moonlight was. It had orange red eyes and the way it moved just freaked me out. It definitely was not human. So we ran back all the way across the bridge. If we could summon the courage to just walk past it, we only had five minutes walk up a hill across one road and we'd be home. But rather than go past where we'd seen it, we had to walk an extra 20, 25 minute walk in the opposite direction. I did have a feeling walking down there where we saw it much earlier. I didn't say anything at the time, but it felt like someone was watching us the whole walk home. I could have been mistaken. And it may have been a huge man wrapped in a white fur rug, sitting half on an icy path, half in wet foliage in the middle of the night. It doesn't make sense. It was just freezing that night. And I can't see a large big man that size messing about like that. What if nobody had come along? It just doesn't make sense. He would have to be out in the fields for hours on end, hoping someone had come by about three in the morning. I can't forget the size of this thing. It bugs me every day. I've heard growling noises and also big thuds. I've heard other weird stuff while out investigating in that area at night with friends. This witness referred to a report at Taipur. Now, it didn't come into me, I have to clarify. It came in to the Courier, if I remember right. And it came in from a chap called Mark Luke, who was 46 at the time he made the report, which I think was 2005. So Mark spoke about his experience that had happened to him 10 years earlier in 1995. Mark stated that he saw a Bigfoot creature roaming the five countryside. He didn't speak about his own experience until he saw a report from 2005 in a local newspaper. Mr. Luke, who is a carer, said he spotted the tall, hairy, upright figure just off the Taybridge Road in 95 whilst travelling to Dundee to fill in for a night shift security cover. Mark said, From what I could read in the courier, I had a very similar encounter to the gentleman who reported his experience in 2005. I was driving back to Edinburgh around 8am in the morning. I was on the A92 driving south in the same rough area that he was. Nothing out of the ordinary happened until I came to one point in the road and all that changed. I can remember there was a forest on both sides of the road from me and I looked to my left to see a tall dark shape standing about 20 feet away in the trees. At first I thought it was a large man but then it started walking and came towards me and I knew then it wasn't a man. He must have been huge. I'd guess some eight to ten feet tall, and he was really wide, it seemed. I was quite scared and confused, to be honest. I put my foot down fast and carried on driving. I wanted to be away from it. I was doing about 60 mile an hour, and I wasn't going to go back and look. I wasn't going to go and look and stop the car until he was far behind me. It was dark under the trees, so it was very hard to see into them 
I could see his shape, but I could not make out any facial details. Mr. Luke went on to say, I am 90% sure that they're out there. I won't ever be 100% sure until I see a body or if someone captures one. Even seeing it with your own eyes doesn't make it seem possible. There's just too many unexplained things going on out there. The report Mr. Luke's referring to that was published in the newspaper happened 10 years before him. Um, and this account was sent to Cliff Barrickman of the Bigfoot field researchers team. You often see me finding Bigfoot. Cliff kindly forwarded the message to me. I think it was 2014, um, maybe 2015, I'm not 100% sure. When this witness was at the Five Roads Roundabout, he encountered a strange, hairy, human-type figure. Now, that area is bordered by thick trees and there's thick foliage on both sides of the road. Our witness was driving home from work this time and was going down a road he'd travelled many times before. This is his account in his own words. After navigating the five roads roundabout, I was driving home southbound on the A92 when my headlights picked out what I thought was a man standing by the left-hand side of the road. I could see his figure clearly. He stepped out in front of my car and I naturally brought the car to a halt to avoid hitting this strange individual. This person was a large, hairy, ape-like creature which turned to look at the car as I approached it. Its eyes gave out a shine which were very noticeable and it crossed the road in about three large strides. I felt uneasy but I brought the car to a stop and I don't know why, but I put the window down. I could hear something crunching away in the woods there, as if something was clearly moving through the forest. I had no torch with me to shine towards the sounds. There was an unpleasant odour in the air, and suddenly I got a feeling I was being watched, and everything went very still and quiet. There was complete silence all around me. It was unnerving. And then shockingly, I just continued to drive home. I didn't even realise I'd started to drive. I don't remember turning the car on, but I didn't stop until I reached my home. Thinking back, this individual I saw was well over seven feet tall and he was a dark brown colour. His hair was of a reasonable length. I've never seen this thing again anywhere in Scotland and up to now, I've only confided in my partner. I thought these creatures existed in other areas of the world, but not here, in the UK. I know unequivocally what I saw, and it is still clear in my mind as if it happened only yesterday. He went on to add, there were rumours of sheep and cattle disturbances in that area from the farmhands and the land managers but I have heard of no sightings of large hairy creatures in that area or in Scotland in general for that matter. He said, I worked as a civil servant for many years and experienced some crazy stuff, but I must admit that this was a big surprise even to me. Now just north of this account, now the well-known Carmi Lee Wildman accounts, um, and they came in through Charmaine Fraser. And lots of people know them, but I, we've had lots of new 
listeners lately, so I didn't want to skip over them. But here's a bit of context to understand. Charmaine Fraser said, these experiences happened at my grandparents' property and they're out in the Carmely Forest and we spent a lot of time there. When I was a child, we were always at the farmhouse. It was very heavily wooded back then and there's a quarry and streams and my family member currently lives there. The first incident took place during the day when I was sent out to get the newspapers that got delivered to the neighbours at the bottom of the road. I was with the dog and we were coming down the long path that leads to the track, running past the bottom of the property and out onto the farm road. Just before I got onto the track, the dog stopped suddenly and started to growl and whine and then bare her teeth. I remember seeing the hair rising on her back, but I carried on past her for a few paces and in further up the track. I just thought she'd heard a fox or something and that had her spooked. I carried on to get the newspapers and I looked up at that moment and I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I saw a large black figure further along the track standing with its back to me. I don't think it knew I was there or it just wasn't bothered by me watching it. It was reaching up to the branch of a tree and it just carried on as if I wasn't even there. It was at the side of the track and it was very tall. It had a thick build with no neck and wide shoulders and it was hairy all over. I remember standing in shock for a second or two before screaming and turning to run back to the house. As I screamed, it slowly started to turn around, but I didn't hang about to see its face. Needless to say, my reports of seeing a monster were not taken seriously. They were just dismissed as probably being a neighbour. I can't give an exact year, but I was around eight or nine years old at the time. And this is an estimation as I remember drawing a picture of what I'd saw in primary five at school. So that puts it around 80 or 81. I don't have an exact time of year, but the leaves were out on the trees. So it would have been sometime between early summer and autumn. There were two further incidents around that time, but they're more tenuous, I feel. But I'll share them in the hopes that somebody remembers another account like mine. Late at night, when we were driving along the empty road, we were coming up the road in the car, and just as we were turning right onto the track, there was a figure further ahead, and he was up the road facing us, and he was looking towards the headlights of the car. You couldn't see him clearly, but I briefly made out a humanoid shape, and there was orange einstein reflecting from the lights, and it was just standing in the middle of the road and looking at us. And at the time, I told myself it was probably just a person. The final incident was when we were out picking wild raspberries and we heard something way back in the woods, a long, deep wail. The adults in the group looked at each other and commented on that howl, wondering what it was, but then they dismissed it and carried on with what they were doing. Charmaine Fraser went on to be one of the leading Bigfoot investigators and still is in uh, the United Kingdom. She covers most of Scotland. She's very clever. She's done a lot of research into hominology and I've had hundreds of conversations with her over the years. Finding Charmaine was just so validating for me. And mine was only a year after her, but I was 15 at the time. It must have been so hard for her. She was about eight or nine. But she did 
start to collect reports from all across Scotland. And she it was one conversation we had, she remember we were talking, we'd come across back then in BBR that we realised that quarries kept popping up for some reason. And she said, that's strange, there's a quarry at Carmeley. And we used to find bones there and all kinds of strange things. So I started having a rummage and I came across an old report and it says, close to the old disused quarry in Carmi Lee, there is an account that took place in the early 1980s when a woman walking her dog unexpectedly came across a huge seven foot high creature with broad shoulders, but alarmingly, no head. Her dog bolted at once and she screamed and followed. Now I have a report um, from the Dungeness area and the witness who saw her creature, I think it was 2019 or 2020, she said at first that she thought it had no head, but she realised that its head was leaning on its chest and she couldn't see it. And she said it was an impossible way for a human to stand. And I think maybe they've seen the, a similar or the same creature. Now in 1998, there was a report from a young man from Northumberland and he said, when I was 13, I was traveling up to Scotland to fight in a martial arts competition. My club had hired a bus to travel up from Newcastle. And as we were driving through the Highlands, I was looking out the window and I noticed a man walking through the field. Now I say a man, but there was something unusual looking about him. This man must have been about two mile away from where I was, but he was still very tall. He must have been about seven foot. And he looked like he was wearing one of those, like a Del Boy coat, like a long camel coloured overcoat. But he had a hood and pants because everything was that one colour. From what I could see, he looked quite slender. So we're not talking about these barrel chested creatures that you hear about in the States. I remember he had long arms, but there was nothing that looked abnormal about him. But as I say, I was observing him from a very long way away. Something stood out to me about him. I accept that this could have been a farmer, but he looked so tall. And he had a large gait in his walk. Strange, I don't really know how to describe it. And I've never seen one of those kind of jackets with a hood and matching pants. Also, you need to bear in mind, this is 1998, and few people wore hoodies or even onesies back then. Ellis Taylor is well known um, in the UFO realm. He is a wonderful man, is Ellis. And he shared an account with me in 2007. And he said, Deb, this is a second-hand account told to me by a very good friend who knew the witness very well. It happened in 2007. And all my friend could remember that it was wintertime, about 6am. And it happened on a lonely mountain road that threads from northeast of Creeth to Perth. The mountain is littered with prehistoric sites. Now the lady who lived in one of these areas lived in an isolated farmhouse and she's on her way to work in Perth and she takes the same road that she takes every morning, the A85. But on reaching the junction she found that that road was blocked and a sign directed her to continue her journey along a diversion which took her down a track instead. This road was unlit and it was narrow and wet so she was really cautious about driving and she was worried about meeting other drivers on the way. There wasn't a passing place. The only sounds were that of a car's engine, she said, and those of the tyres making 
noise on the track. She travelled a fair distance when, just as she slowly rounded a bend, her eyes fell upon a sight that she's never forgotten. Knees bent, crouched with its head down, was a gigantic hairy man. He looked exactly like a man, but he was covered in hair. He had five fingers and was very tall, and he was drinking water from a puddle. The lady braked hard as she was only a few yards from him now. She couldn't believe her eyes. The creature ran sideways at her and with seemingly no effort whatsoever, bounded easily over the fence and raced with unbelievable speed up the boulder-strewn mountain and into the woods. But the strangeness didn't end there. As soon as the creature slipped into the trees, for no reason at all, the lady's car began to roll over sideways. Three times it turned over and over and over, eventually landing on its side. The woman, now partially suspended in a seatbelt, was astonished to see that all of the other items on her dashboard and within the car hadn't moved at all from where she'd put them. Her only injury was to her shoulder, and that was only slight, as it was caused by the seatbelt. Fortunately, she had a mobile phone with her and she was able to phone for help. Now, her friend's a medium and a very good one, and she told her that only a week or so previously, the medium and her husband had driven along that very same road. When they were approaching the exact spot that her friend was to encounter the hairy man, she was overcome with an intense sense of dread, and she burst into tears, and she bawled at her husband to hurry past. Now, our next report centres around the wee folk, or the fae as I know them. Not the lovely Disney version with sparkles and glitter and, you know, but the true kind. The stealers of souls, mini necromancers who hide in plain sight within the woodlands. One man's experience with them left him perplexed and confused, to say the least. Let's hear his experience in his own words. This report comes from a documentary called The Fairy Face. Um, and it's a gentleman who took part in that documentary. He's explaining what happened. And he said, I was visiting the box at the bottom of Shehalyan at the time. And it was just as I was sitting down, watching the beautiful views around 5pm in the evening. As I sat in, drifted the mist. And a small amount of dew in tiny drops was all around me. You could see a rainbow within the mist. And it was a privilege to be there whilst this display was going on. I was watching the stream and listening to its rhythm, how it flowed in an almost musical way. I felt almost in rapture at the beauty of it all. And then I noticed movement to my left. And what I can only describe as a little fellow was standing there. He was around four feet in height, and to my disbelief, he had hold at the top of my shadow and he held my shadow where the head part was trying to roll it up as one would roll up a newspaper he was around 40 yards away from me and we locked eyes and at this point i saw a smaller female figure down at my feet and she was trying to cut out my shadow with a pair of shears i couldn't believe my eyes with instincts i said oi very loudly and at which point they both looked at each other and then vanished. They were gone. I was left with a feeling of astonishment. 
And to be honest, I thought, you cheeky weeper. I wasn't frightened, just scared, more astonished to see, more astonished at the cheek of them. They reminded me of the bog people legend. He said they were filthy, they had dirty, straggly hair, and they were covered with crude, small buckskin or chamois cloth of some kind, which was in itself manke with filth. The dirt was very ingrained into the clothes and on the figures themselves, as if they'd come from the bog themselves. I've actually visited this area, me, and the mountain mentioned is sometimes known as a crystal mountain. It's absolutely beautiful, and it has a legend all of its own. It said that children disappear beneath Shehalion and appear many weeks later, safe and sound, close to Loch Rannoch. I wonder if the Shadow Stealers had anything to do with this. You know, once your shadow or your heart's taken, then the Fae owns you. You'll dance to their tune for the rest of your days. Our next report came in through Charmaine Fraser again. She was a witness at Carmi Lee. Charmaine shared her experience in a local newspaper and several people contacted her. One chap drove for a living and he regularly stayed overnight in one of the laybys that enables drivers to pass each other on the roads there. One night staying at Licks Tall, he didn't get the best night's sleep. The witness said, I can't remember the exact date when this happened, but it would be about eight years ago. I think it was June, probably 2015. I'd been driving and I stopped near Licks Tall, that's close to killing, for my tachograph break. I woke up from a deep sleep to find the truck shaking. And thinking I was dreaming, I got out of the truck to look, but I saw nothing there. I was parked in front of the forestry gate. Another man out in the area had his own unexplainable experience in 2015, the same year as our driver at Licks Tall. This account happened when he heard something that roared like a lion at him. When he contacted me, he said, Hi Deborah, this subject has never really caught my attention. Until about eight years ago. My experience happened while I was fishing and camping with six friends on the south shore of Loch Erne in Scotland. It was a beautiful night and we'd set up a good camp. We were enjoying the beer and the guitar. I was showing one of my friends how to tie a fishing knot. And from the other side of the loch, we heard what I can only describe as a roar, like a lion bellowing. We were the only ones to hear it. My friend and I could only look at each other in total disbelief with kind of what the written all over our very pale faces. We'd been there at least 50 times and nothing remotely like this had ever happened. Now I wondered if the report that happened just one year earlier in 2014 at Loch could have any connection to this 2015 report. The chap said, I deliver for a living and I visit some estates several times in a month. So you get to know the regular staff in 2014, whilst visiting the Kenmore Estates, I was talking to two employees and we were having a chat about walking and camping up the hill north of Kenmore. One chap was in his 50s and the other probably 20 years younger. The young lad had attempted to stay out all night um, the previous year and he stated that he'd felt as if he and his friends were being watched the whole time. He also claimed he heard howl-like sounds from close proximity to where they were camping. He genuinely looked quite affected by the experience. 
the older chap mentioned there have been some strange large bird-like creatures also seen in that area over many years so it would seem from tonight and previous podcasts that it doesn't really matter where you camp in scotland you're gonna probably have some kind of unexplained event um, and I have an interview where I interviewed a witness who'd stayed at one of the boffies and he had a very strange event and I'll be bringing you that in the next couple of weeks saying that if you have an area or a subject or a case that you want me to cover just pop a comment down below or contact me in email and you'll find a link in the description that takes you to Linktree and all FBBRs contacts are there and you can find your way to the website where we put photographs that get sent in we put articles up in there and if you wanted to join patreon or become a member of youtube you can find the links there also but check it out for yourself everything's on there's free so i will be back youtube regardless so if you're listening on the podcast have a lovely friday evening and if you're tuned in on youtube thank you very much for listening and joining in the chat i'll be back at the same time next week Good night, everyone. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.